Do you ever find yourself yearning to look beyond the obvious and dreaming about what's possible in your next chapter? Welcome to the Next Chapter Experience. I'm your host, Jeanette Blissett, former corporate executive who turned the page to become a best-selling author, entrepreneur, designer, and lifestyle business consultant. Episodes feature me and a kaleidoscope of guests who share their journeys with wit, candor, and humor, braving life into real talks about things that matter most. I believe we all have a fire burning within us, waiting to be unleashed and shared with the world. It may just be a matter of time. So let's get together, turn the page, and get this adventure started. Welcome to the Next Chapter Experience. I'm Jeanette Blissett, your host. Today's guests are the Wealth Twins, Nadia Busoy and her twin, Nicole Carter. Both are millionaire moms who teach how to invest, make, and manage your money so that you can become financially independent and fire your boss. Nadia and Nicole, welcome to the Next Chapter Experience. I'm looking forward to our conversation. So let's dig in. I'd like you to share with us what your journey has been, where you started, how you got to Wall Street, and why the work you're doing is so important to you. We grew up in South Jamaica, Queens in New York City, and we grew up in a single mother home. We made our way to Columbia University, graduated from Columbia and we started working at Goldman Sachs on Wall Street as soon as we got out of college. And then after that, we decided, hey, let's try management consulting for a couple of years. We were able to use our skills to move around in management financial services. And then we decided to become entrepreneurs and moms because we wanted to start our families. And we thought it was more for us to be out of the corporate world in order to do that. I like how Nadia made that very succinct and sweet. One of the things that she left out was that right before we graduated from Columbia and went into Wall Street was the fact that our mother had passed away. So that made Nadia and I really rely on each other and understand time versus work because our mother at the time was working seven days. We worked at Goldman. Then we also went through September 11th during that time. We went through a financial crisis during that time. So that along with our mother passing had us thinking, you know what, there has to be something more to just working. And we wanted to live a fuller life, which included trying to give our kids more of our time and doing more things that we felt could help make an impact with others. Because working on Wall Street is not for the faint of heart. No, it's not. <laughs> and if you're not ready to put in the hours, don't do it. I'm just going to warn you. <laughs> and they have a lot of tough skin too. So with that said, you both had a life event, got your attention, and you made some decisions. I know I'm looking at both of you. <laughs> it's obvious that you're a twin. So were you guys that like-minded? Very yes. much so. Very much so. That's why we started Wealth Twins, because we have a lot of interests in common, and we always bounced ideas off each other. So that level of similarity plus a competitive nature that exists between us that helped us keep moving forward, working with each other. As you prepare to step out from your corporate job into the entrepreneurial space, what kinds of things did you do to prepare for that? I stepped out and... I guess I'm the older twin too. So I seem to have done a lot of things before Nadia or Nadia is the smarter twin and says, I'll wait to see what happens with Nicole and then (laughs) I'll try it. But one thing I did do was save up a lot of my paycheck. Nadia and I both were saving up to 75% of our paycheck. We kept our lifestyle at a minimum. So we didn't have lifestyle creep every time we get a new increase in our our income, we did not increase our lifestyle. And then third, the first time I did it, I was emotional about my exit. But the second time, 
I took a leave of absence. And that allowed me to see, is this what I really want to do or should I go back to work? So I think a combination of saving, avoiding lifestyle creep and taking a leave of absence is really what helped me leave the corporate world. I would agree. I made some moves before I left you just to set myself up. I made a way to start getting some income coming in, becoming a landlord, making sure that I could afford the place if I needed to get a job. Because I went with a mindset. I had a coworker one time was like, look, I'm able to live on this amount of money. This is the minimum amount. And I should be able to get a job at that amount without any kind of hesitation. It shouldn't be very hard for me to get a job paying at this salary. And it was much lower than what I was being paid at the time. I said, you know what? That's a good way of thinking about it. I can take this risk because I know my expenses are so low. So that was one of the things that gave me the courage to step out on my own too. And I also took a leave of absence because I think what people don't understand when you're used to going into day in and day out of a job and you have tasks at that job and you know what you're doing on a daily basis, once you step out of that and you become an entrepreneur and when you're a high achiever, that can be a little nerve wracking. Like I should be doing something to be productive. So that leave of absence helps you get that leave time. You get used to your new schedule. You create your schedule. Stop letting people take advantage of the time that you have now because you're not working a nine to five job or what in my case was like more than a nine to seven, nine to eight job. You start to build your own schedule. You start to get into a rhythm and that helps you start to get into the entrepreneurial mindset. Look, I'm not wasting my time today. It's my free time to do what I need to do, but I have to still be productive. When did everything crystallize and you were certain it was the right time to leave your corporate job? I stopped when I was pregnant with my first child. I was having some complications during the pregnancy and just the stress in the nature of my job, the traveling wasn't something that I could continue doing. And I didn't see myself doing that with the hours I was working once my child was born. So I decided, hey, I'm going to serve this baby first. And then after she was a year old, I decided to open a cafe in uh, the building I had purchased. And I started serving my community because I realized when I moved into that area, there was nowhere for a family like mine to come and sit. If you're a mother with your child, how can you sit down and just have maybe story time or have lunch with the child? Some mothers need that time to be out the house. And I wanted to keep the prices affordable so that families can be able to do it. I didn't see that in my area. So I said, you know what, if you want to see it, you got to be the one to build it. You have the opportunity. So let's try. And that's when I started the cafe because I could open up anything here. It's probably a lot easier for me to open, I want to say a liquor store, but that's not the kind of impact I wanted to make in my community. So I wanted to make it more for families like me moving in and have an oasis for mothers who are home with their children. And so that was the first impact that I did with my entrepreneur skills. Um, is that cafe still up and running? I closed it during COVID because I had two small kids and we were in New York, it was the epicenter. And then now there's a new cafe open there. So it's still doing what I want it to do and have good people. They're running it and they're on it. And it's great right now. Beautiful. So I can't complain. That's beautiful. And Nicole, how about you? When taking your leave, what were you doing during that period of time when you took your leave? The first time I took my leave, I was setting up a business because at the time there was no Amazon drop boxes or things like that. So all the gifts I was receiving because I was working so many hours, I would get the sorry, you're not home sticker and I would get my packages returned. I would miss the third time. They would come to the house. Or sometimes you would be home and they said they came and they never did. So I said, okay, if I'm having this issue, other people are having this issue. So I formed a company called My Gift Squad where I was serving brides-to-be. So that was fun. But then I realized I'm not a person that likes to really deal with brides. <laughs> I realized that wasn't me. But the business idea was a good idea. And then when Nadia 
came up with the cafe, I jumped in to help her with certain things on the cafe too. So after that, all right, I sat back and said, what type of business would I like to be in? I had always had an idea I would get into politics or some type of advocacy. And like Nadia said, she wanted to have a positive impact on a community. So I knew whatever I would do next would have to have some type of positive impact. And that's when I came up with the idea and try to get Nadia involved in Wealth Twins. Very inspiring. And I'm sure that our listeners are being inspired as well, because we hear a lot of advice. There's a lot of talking heads speaking to entrepreneurs and basically advocating for them to have no fear, to get out there and step out there, leap and the net shall appear. And many <laughs> would love to be that brave, if bravery is a word you can use for that, or uh, there's probably another word. Um, I would call it naive to think that everything is always going to work out, but there are others who actually are much more intentional with how we move about because there's a lot at stake. I can appreciate the route that you guys took. I like the word intentional. With every move that I've made, I might jump in real quick, but then I realize there's so many things that you have to learn. And even if that venture didn't work, you learn something for the next venture. And it makes you think, before I start this, I have to be intentional. I have to remember what what happened, what I liked, what I didn't like, and how is that going to change my outlook or where I put my focus? So I'm trying to be more intentional with everything I do now. It shows, your track record shows. So now with the Wealth Twins, who would you say are your ideal clients? I would say ideal clients are people who were us 10 to 15 years ago. Because we think if we catch them in their early 30s to now, they can set themselves up for retirement without having to struggle. They can create the life they want and they can choose if they want to work a high pressure job or not. Because if you're catching them at that time, they have more control over their funds and they're at a point where they're alive and they say, look, I want to have a family. I want to have a career. Is it possible to do both or do, can I have the choice of doing one or the other? So that's what we're going after. We wish someone was able to speak to us 10, 15 years ago. Talking to professionals who have the capability of managing their own money, but they're afraid because the lingo might scare them or the risk involved. They work so hard from where they came from that they don't want to take that risk. And we're trying to show them, listen, let's break down all the mystique behind it and show you this can be done without it being very risky. And it's something that everyone can learn if you take away all the fancy words, all the fancy strategies, and just break it down to the fundamentals. They do not come from a financial background who do not get taught money management at home. That's who we're trying to reach to. Now, both of you are licensed to series 7 to 63. Is that yes. correct? Yeah. Do you have to be licensed to do what you're doing right now? Not at all. Those licenses were when we were working in investment banking, and they're trading licenses. So One's trading across states and one is just trading in general. So it was more of educating ourselves and being able to get more opportunities when you have those licenses. You don't have to have those licenses based on what we do. We're very careful about what we teach people because of those licenses, because we don't want to just throw out random ideas to people and say, here's how you can make money quick. It makes us more responsible because we have those licenses. We don't have any kind of restrictions on us. We want to teach you what you absolutely need to know and nothing that's going to throw you off your track. And we're also not financial advisors. And we have to tell people that. So we don't give specific financial advice for someone's own situation. We won't say you have this much in money, place some money here, place some money here, place some money there. Our job is to just give the information. You determine what's best for you. It's more putting the power in people's hands rather than 
giving up control to someone else. You have a, an ideal client that would like to have much more knowledge about what some of their planning should look like as they start to work towards goals. Where do you start with your a typical client? We have two courses. A lot of times people will find us through YouTube. And they can also join our community where we give information through our newsletters. But we also have a money management course and we have an investing course. And then we have a more advanced investing course for people who really want to take income investing to another level. So we start you from A and we bring you all the way to Z. And if you want to move further on, then we provide coaching. So that's where we try to meet people where they are. So at the beginning, when a person does tap into your money management course, what are they getting within that course? They're getting to learn how to budget, but I don't really like to call it budget. I call it more of a lifestyle design because this is how you're managing your money to create the life that you want, how to pay off their debt quickly and how to increase their credit rating and their credit score. And we show them that these are things that are within your control that you can absolutely do yourself rather than farming it out to someone else and paying for it. And our thing is, if you don't have your money managed in a specific way, maybe you shouldn't jump directly into investing. So we want to make sure that you have a good foundation first before you start investing, because there's risk in investing. But if you don't have your essentials covered, we don't really lead people towards the investing part so early. When you're working with a client, they come to you and they tell their story and you do an assessment of what their current position is and you make your recommendations on how they can begin. Do you support them through an accountability type of relationship where you're checking in with them or they're reaching out to you to inform you that they've completed the course before they go to another course? Or how, how do you guys structure? For the money management course, there is an accountability group because we found and people have asked to have one where they feel they can keep on track if they know they're with other people. So yes, Nadia does provide an accountability group. In terms of the investing courses, whenever we release a new modules, we do it live. We give everyone a chance to talk to get whatever questions they have out. And then we put all that information into the course itself. We're also always available over email. Then we try to set up a, a call with some people just to talk to them, see how it's going. Yeah, but I don't want to confuse us with being financial advisors. This is more of a self-study type of program and you figure out which program best fits your needs and then you will go through that course. We don't do personal consultations or anything like that. But if someone has a real problem and they shoot us an email, we answer and we try to help as best as possible. And if we can't, we try to guide them to someone that could better handle their situation. So when a person is at perhaps a higher level, not so much their assets, but their understanding mm -hmm. of money management or investment vehicles and things of that nature. So they go to your higher level courses. What would be included within those types? What we do in the higher level course that Nadia is talking about is called intelligent income investing that we do. So we teach how to use dividends and how to schedule your dividends so that you're getting paid a certain amount every month. So that's what that course is focused on. And then we reach up to a course where we talk about how to go to FIRE. So FIRE is financial independence, retire early. So we teach how to use dividend income and investing to learn how to be financially independent. Yeah, that's very cool. In fact, there used to be a trend that many young professionals had a goal of retiring by 40. Retiring meaning leaving the corporate environment, yeah. as you said, um, by the age of 40, where they would live beneath their means with the sole purpose of being able to earn their freedom. I did it at 34. The dividends course teaches you how to allocate it for FIRE. We have a workbook that we teach people how to calculate their FIRE number. 
and how to say, here's my target. And then you can join the course and start pushing yourself towards it. So we have a workbook for people that if they wanted to do it and start calculating and seeing where they are and how far they need to go and what they need on a monthly basis in order to maintain their current lifestyle, we have that too. Identifying your freedom metric can be very helpful. Which a lot of people don't do. They think it's much higher than it actually is. So they continue to work when they could actually reach it a lot sooner and be able to have their financial independence if they choose to. You could continue working. A lot of people I know who fired probably work more than they did when they were in the office. I still work a lot, but you don't actually retire. And I think that's one of the the service that the name actually does to fire because people think you're just going to hang out on a beach. If you're working that hard to get to fire, you're not the kind of person who likes to chill out all the time. You like your time. You like to have control over your time. You are not going to just be a person who's at this level and then drops down. That's not the majority of people. Lately, I've been thinking about retirement and what that means to, to different people. For some, retirement means that they leave their jobs and then they go home to do nothing. And for others, it's to leave that situation to pursue something else that has exactly. purpose and meaning to them. Exactly. And more. I think that's what FIRE needs to market more. It's more of an opportunity you're giving yourself to pursue your passion. You, you'll have that assessment when you're sitting at home and everybody else is working. You really have to figure out if this is the life for you and you'll figure out very quickly what your passions are. Because you'll hop around through different things and you'll figure out because you probably never had that opportunity before. Most people who came from our backgrounds don't have the luxury of figuring out what they actually like. You just get pushed into the direction because your needs at that time are overshadowing your long-term needs. You have short-term needs that you have to pay this, you have to do this. You never have that luxury saying, let me sit back and see what I actually want to do with my life. And I think just as Americans in general, you don't have that opportunity. So this is another chance for people to say, okay, I've been doing this for 40 years following the plan that someone else gave me. I can take my time now and figure out what I want to do. Absolutely, absolutely. Nadia and Nicole, how can our listeners contact you? So you can find Find us on wealthwins.com, www.wealthwins.com. You can also find us on YouTube. Just search for Wealth Twins under YouTube. You can find us on Instagram and on Facebook. We started going live more on Instagram. So if you want our most up-to-date information, Instagram is probably the best place. And if you follow us, that's even better. We have multiple ways you can reach us. And if you want to reach us directly, you can send an email to contact at wealthtwins.com. And I would say on our website, twins.com, we have free resources that you can download that will help you get started in either your money management journey or your investing journey. Well, Nadia and Nicole, I have certainly enjoyed part one of our conversation and look forward to part two to pick up where we left off. Thanks so much for your time today. Thank you for having us. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Next Chapter Experience. If you have already subscribed, rated, and left a review, or shared this podcast with a friend, many, many thanks. For questions, comments, or feedback, reach out to me at Jeanette Lissette at nextchapterexperience.com. We'll be back with more conversations, so until then, keep that fire burning.